Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 213 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for tuning in. In this episode, I will be chatting with my first guest from my most memorable game series. And this was one that uh, I chuckled at some spots where maybe it was a little insensitive on my part, but hopefully it was taken in the spirit that was intended because it was such a unique story. And uh, it's almost a half century later. I, I hope that my guest, Peter, uh, is okay with me chuckling when I did. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you are interested in getting a uh, shout-out for your local footy club, your favorite local club, maybe the one your kids play for or that you have in your neighborhood, uh, let me know about them over on my uh, website, yankonthefooty.com. You can find links to all of my socials there as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at yank underscore on on Twitter. I do hope you'll sign up for the mailing list there as well. And uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to leave a review, that would be a huge help. And I want to really quickly uh, give a, a big shout-out and a big thank you to all of you who did share a birthday card with my mom, uh, the little project that I was working on over the last couple of months. Uh, her birthday was just recently. And between uh, those of you who listen to the podcast and uh, the, the great efforts of my sister and my wife, uh, my mom, uh, for her 80th birthday was able to enjoy, and I think she is still actually opening some of them, but, uh, well over 200 birthday cards from all over the world, all over the United States, uh, throughout North America. It was just, it was overwhelming. It was just fun to, to see this, uh, reaction from her because she was just, she was giddy about it. She was over the moon. And I can't thank you enough for those of you who did uh, help out with that. That was truly, truly appreciated. Now, today's club of the episode is the Richmond Juniors. And this was a club that was actually recommended by my uh, guest on this episode. And the Richmond Juniors, they play their home games at Citizens Park on Hyatt Street in Richmond. And the organization began in 1973. And this has been a very successful uh, group with uh, 21 premierships. They're a very prolific club for younger players from uh, Auskick all the way up through the late teens. And as I mentioned, my, my guest Peter uh, Haywood recommended this club for getting a shout-out. And, and I have to tell you, when I looked around on their website, and this is one of the things I love doing is learning about the local footy clubs and the geography of the game through these shout-outs, I was just uh, I was amazed by how much work the club does on behalf of the athletes, these young athletes, because at the end of each year, and if you head over to their website, and I'll link to it on the uh, in the show notes, they put out a little uh, digital booklet at the end of each year where they talk about each of the, the players. Of course, there are the, the club photos, but then there's a, a small paragraph about each of the players that played on the club that year, and I just thought, what a, what a wonderful way for these young athletes to remember their time playing this game and their friends as they go forward 5, 10, 20 years into the future. This is just a really neat way that they go about doing it. So I tip my cap to the Richmond Juniors because it was a really, really uh, fun uh, roll-through on their website. It was great to see some of the, uh, the things that they were doing over there with that club. Now let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Peter Haywood, who is a mad Richmond supporter, and let's talk about his most memorable game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be welcoming my guest with me today. Uh, this is my first in a series of uh, episodes where I'm going to be sitting down and talking with fans about their most memorable game, and uh, this one just might be the most memorable one of these that I do because the, the circumstances behind this one I didn't see it coming. And uh, this is a game, uh, we're going to go back to September of 1973, and this is a game that my guest did not even get to see in person. He had to watch it on television. And I'm absolutely... Black and white television. Yes, black and white television. I'm thrilled to welcome Peter Haywood to the podcast. Peter, how are you doing this morning, sir? I'm very good, thanks, Craig. Great, great. I am, I'm, you know, we had a couple little glitches early on. Your wife was very helpful in terms of getting us up and running on the zoom call today. So uh, 
I am excited to to talk to you about this because we, you know we traded some emails and the the story that you were telling me about this game was just fascinating in terms of how you found yourself in the situation you were in, and we're going to get to that in in just a moment. And, and I guess we should say you are a Tigers supporter and you've got your Tigers jumper on right now. Um, outstanding. I I. I, I, I thought I'd wear it for the event. <laughs> well, I I have my my I just found out today that the uh, the stuff that I ordered from the Cats team shop after the premiership it went in the post today. It's sitting at the airport in in Melbourne right now, ready to go on a plane to fly to to the U.S. So right. hopefully it'll hopefully it'll be here soon. So you are not originally from Australia. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got to Australia. Uh, I'm from Coventry in England, which is in the Midlands. Um, we we would we emigrated here in 1969 when I was eight years old. Uh, started off in Adelaide. Um, saw a bit of football on television there. Didn't make any sense to me at all. Didn't <laughs> show any interest in it. Okay. Came to Melbourne, and um, <clears throat> the first thing I learned when I reached Melbourne is that football here is like a religion to people. I mean, it defines who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and first thing that, you, you know, you go to a new school, the kids say to you is, who do you barrack for? And I'd never heard that word before, barrack. Right. What does that mean? And they said, right, who do right. you support? I said, I don't support anybody. So then they all made their pitches, you know. So uh, oh, you have to follow so and so or so and so. Did you start out as a Richmond supporter, or did they, did you get influenced by somebody to support somebody else early on? And and you don't have to share uh, that if that's going to uh, that's going to no, you know, cause you any difficulties with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the the reason I started following Richmond was um, uh, a kid in the neighbourhood. David Menzies, uh, he, he and his father took my father and I to a, a Richmond game against South Melbourne, who are now the Sydney Swans. Mm -hmm. um, we won that game, and uh, and that was at the MCG. And uh, they basically explained all the rules and whatever as we were watching. And the story goes that... Um, <laughs> Within like probably by the less before half time, my, my dad was already telling the umpires everything that they were doing wrong. So, <laughs> so he picked. A, so he. So he's somebody who grew up playing and following football. And you said you were a Coventry supporter when you lived in England before you moved to Australia. Yeah. So you you had you had developed a love for what we call soccer here, but football uh, in in England and. Is that something you still keep tabs of today? Is that are you still? No, no, okay. um, uh, no. I, I'm just totally like yourself. I'm just totally besotted with football now. Um, I play soccer. I play okay. in an over sixties comp. Uh, I have been for about twelve years now, um, but I can't watch it. It's a great game to play, but I can't watch it. It's too low scoring. It's too yeah. much just fiddling around. Yeah, I do. The thing I... About... Go ahead. Sorry. The, the, the thing about football, it just it's just so frenetic, mm -hmm. um, exciting, um, just the high scoring, the, the marking. Um, I, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is a... Uh... It's, a, it's certainly a three-dimensional game. And uh, you know, for, for folks who have not gone back and listened to the first episode of the podcast, I, I described it as a combination of American football, rugby, soccer, cross-country running, volleyball, mixed martial arts, and calculus is how I describe it. I guess it, it encompasses so many different things because it, it is so multidimensional. It's, it's, uh, it's like if you've ever watched the episodes of Star Trek where they're, you know, the the chessboard has like four or five different levels on it. It's all, it's, it's a lot like that, but uh, <laughs> let's, uh, you know, let's talk about your most memorable game. And, and 
first of all, we're going back to 1973. And uh, what I, game? Can I just before you? Can oh, I? Absolutely. I've got a couple. Absolutely. Have I got time to do a couple, or do you just want to focus on? Well, the let's one? jump. Let's jump into this one first, and then we'll then we'll. Yep, yep. Is that okay to do that one first, or do you want to oh, do sure, the other one yeah. first? Because I okay. No, no, no. Okay. Well, let's jump into let's jump into 73 first because. The story behind you at the at with this game is is not something that I was you know expecting and you know. So which game are we talking about in 1973? It was the uh, 1973 preliminary final, which uh, to people that don't know, that's the penultimate game of the year. The, and the, this was between the Richmond into the, into the big dance mm -hmm. between Richmond and the Pies between Richmond and Collingwood. Now. Mm. As I mentioned at the outset, you did not get to see this game in person. Were you? Let me ask you this: Were you supposed to go to this game? I probably wouldn't have gone anyway because it was very um, hard to secure finals tickets. Um, even then, uh, uh, I probably would have just watched it on TV. The thing is, too, Australia didn't get color TV until 1974. So okay. the first the first uh, color final I saw was a Richmond one, uh, Richmond North Melbourne 74, we won that. Um, okay. So but 73, uh, okay. You, you, you did not, you know, you were probably not gonna be going to the game, but you had something that happened to you that certainly indicated that you were not going to be going to the game. And uh, I, I don't know how, how to describe this other than to just to tell people that you, you told me in the email that you were in hospital because you had been hit in the head with a discus. Yeah. I, I, how does that happen? Okay. So I was in the uh, first year of high school and uh, we, we were doing school sports mm -hmm. and we went out to an oval and um, there was a concrete circle that, with a line down the middle and the spectators stood on one half of the line. There's a line of us. Mm -hmm. And then the participant was on the other uh, side of the line and the, they were supposed to throw the discus out into the open field. Oh no! I, oh no! And uh, the girl—it was a, actually a girl. Her name was Lucianne Noontill, and uh, she must have been watching the Olympics the year before, and and thought, "Oh, I think I'll spin around and round and round and round to to build up momentum." And she oh, man. <laughs> completely discombobulated, and instead of <laughs> throwing the discus out into the open fields like she was supposed to. She turned around and fired it straight back over the spectator line towards the crowd. And I was the lucky individual that uh, was on the receiving end of it from about two feet away. And it hit me right there. Oh, so man. if it had you're, basically you're... gone there, I'd have had my eye knocked out. If it had gone there, it would have killed me. So that's how lucky I was. So it basically hit you like on the brow line above your right eye. Yeah. Okay. So it didn't knock me out. <laughs> so I, I just remember uh, we didn't even wait for an ambulance. I just remember four kids sort of picking me up by the arms and legs uh -huh. and ferrying me over to Mr. Luders, the maths teacher's van. And he drove me to Box Hill Hospital. And I was conscious most of the way. And, um, <laughs> yeah, wow. I remember so, waking up in the hospital. So uh, may I, do you still keep in touch with Lucy Ann? No. <laughs> I mean, I would my think sister be... was, my sister was friends with her older sister. Okay. Uh, I was going to say but, that I would, I would think that you, you, you should at least be, uh, entitled to a lifetime of Christmas cards or birthday cards or something of that nature. You know, some cookies mm. dropped off at your house a couple of times a year, <laughs> you know, just, uh, wow. So, so two feet away, you, you were, I mean, this wasn't, this wasn't like you were out there and you were measuring it at the end to see where it was going to land and it, and it, you know, 
and it came down. No. This was like it came off of her hand into your head. That yeah. is just wow. So you had no opportunity to get out of the way of that thing. Absolutely none. Wow. And it so it fractured my uh, eye socket and cheekbone in four places. I had to have a wire inserted there and the bone knit around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of plastic surgery there over the scar just to, I have to say, they did a really good job considering it's like nearly 50-year-old technology. Right, right. So so was this like the day before the game or was this a... Uh... Oh, I can't remember. have May have been. That's one of those fuzzy okay. details. Okay. Uh, all I know is I was watching well, the game in hospital. Well, let's get uh, Lucy Ann on the phone and ask her. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, she, I'm sure she's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, but I, I probably um, probably married now and has a different surname, so I, I don't know. <laughs> well, is is your sister? Could your sister reach out to her? Her sister. Um, I don't think they kept him. Okay, I, just, she I know I, I and I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of having a little fun with this, but it's just it's just it's yeah. it is just yeah. I, I'm guessing that after that happened, you know, for the for the sport day, they they in the future they relocated where the spectators were going to be standing. I'm sure the spectators ended up standing somewhere else, and and it became probably I, I didn't go to any more after that. <laughs> I, I'd had my fill. <laughs> I I still think that they. Uh, they probably, when they go out there to this day, you know, 50 years later, it's, you know, it's, it's the Haywood rule. And they say, hey, would you go over there away from where this person's spinning around in circles? <laughs> so yeah. so the, the game itself um, is, uh, you know, and I and I printed out, you know, the, uh, the, the breakdown of the scores and everything off of uh, the uh, AFL tables website here to look at, at you know, how the game went. Um uh, mm-hmm. And you know who scored and that type of thing, and I got a little breakdown of, of the game itself, but quarter by quarter, and uh, it was a heck of a comeback in this game. So, so yeah, we were seven and a half goals down at halftime, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was sixty. I want to verify that. Yeah, it was sixty-seven thirty-one. It was you're six 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 goals down at, at half, you know, ten seven to four seven. And then okay. you know, I think we might have been forty-five just before halftime. Okay. Yeah, because it was a, uh, you know, you had a couple great quarters um, in the yeah, in the second half. You certainly did, but it was, it was a. Uh, well, I'll let you tell the story because I'm I'm here to listen to your story because. Yeah, well, um, my favorite player was a guy called Royce Hart, who wore number four, which is currently worn by Dustin Martin. You might have heard of him. Oh, I think I've heard that name. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he was a centre-half forward. Um, they say, I, and this is the league saying this, not a one-eyed Richmond supporter. Um, Almost literally. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll stop being a smartass. I apologize for that. <laughs> No, it's all right. It's a long time ago. I'm over it. <laughs> I, I, I just um, yeah, no, they, it's pretty much agreed that Royce Hart was possibly the best centre-half forward of all time. And some there's maybe a bit of debate about that. Uh, others might say Wayne Carey from North Melbourne, if you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. So Royce for mine. Uh, so what happened was that in those days we didn't have interchange benches where they could just rotate all the time in right, threes right. and fours. They just had what they called a 19th and, and later a 20th man who just sat on the pine. And when they came on, that was it. You know, the player they replaced stayed off for the rest of the game. It was really just a kind of an injury reassurance thing almost Um, like almost like the uh the the medical sub today in a in a a way it it was kind of like the medical sub it's like the medical sub yep yeah 
and uh, Royce Hart was carrying a, a leg injury, and so they were trying to spare him. They they had him on the bench. They didn't really want to play him. The plan was that we were going to win comfortably, and he might just come on for five minutes at the end, and uh, and just keep him in cotton wool for next week for the grand final. But uh, yeah, we we were a long way down, and. Um, Things weren't going to plan. Uh, I was watching all of this on the uh, little crackly black and white television in the hospital, and I was getting pretty upset about it, I'd have to say. Uh, Makes sense. And the nurse was actually saying, oh, I think I should probably turn the television off now because, you, know, <laughs> you know, we want you to re recuperate and you're getting kind of worked up. And I'm like, no, no, just leave it on for five more minutes. We'll be right. We'll be right. So, yeah, the story goes that um, Richmond had this power broker called Graham Richmond, uh, who was, I guess, like the president, uh, current day, they call the president. Okay. And um, it was just a coincidence that he had this same surname as the team. But um, he apparently got on the phone to our coach at the time, Tom Tom Hafey, and said, "Get Royce Hart on." And and Hafey was saying, "Oh, we're going to um, save him for next week." And uh, apparently Graham Richmond said to him in no uncertain terms, uh, "If you don't get him on now, there ain't going to be a next week." That's a so. That's a so Hafey relented, brought him on. Royce uh, kicked a couple of crucial goals and swayed the momentum back our way. And um, yeah, we won by seven points, seven, I think. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Um, and then went on to win the grand the premiership the following week against Carlton. Yeah, fifteen, fifteen to fourteen, fourteen. So yeah, it was a. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here. You know, Neil Baum had himself a terrific game with five goals, and Kevin Bartlett yeah. had three, and um, Royce Hart had two, as you mentioned, and so did uh, Ian Stewart as well. So you know, it's a uh, and, and 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 I enjoyed going back and just looking at you know some of the names because you know I, I've had the opportunity to interview a handful of players who were playing back at this time, and and some of these names are ones that I have have run across in terms of there being people that that they knew. That they, you know, that they had uh, spoken highly of or talked about during the, uh, yep, yeah, during the course right. that I was speaking to them. So, so do you remember how how long did you end up being in hospital for this? Was it a an extended stay? Um, I remember uh, I had to go back um, to a different hospital, the Preston Northcote Hospital, to have the wire removed once the bone had fused around it, set, whatever. Okay. Um, I don't remember details about how long I was in or uh, that kind of thing. Okay. So did it did it end up, you know, did you end up still getting the opportunity to, to play footy in your, in your teenage uh, years and that sort of thing? No, I never really wanted to play footy. Okay. Um, it's... Uh, it's a great game to watch, but uh -huh. <laughs> okay. I just, I just didn't know if if that you know what what had happened to you would have precluded you from being able to do that or not. That's why I was that's why I was wondering. Oh no no no! If I wanted to play, I, okay. I would have played. Um, okay. All I right. played I played junior soccer for about four years around that time and after you know. Okay, and, and soccer can certainly be, you know, a a rough and tumble sport as well in terms of people getting it can. knocked down. One of my teammates broke his leg. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, you you see a lot of those types of things, and and, and you know, there are there's a lot of discussions here in in the U.S. in terms of you know, you know, how many concussions you know tend to occur in playing gridiron football as compared to soccer, and usually soccer ends up coming out with a, a higher rate of concussions than, than gridiron does. 
So mm. that's yeah. that's surprising. I would have thought gridirons are pretty. Then again, they wear a lot of padding, don't they? They they do they do, and it's uh, and you know the players in many instances are are a lot bigger um, than in footy. Not not in every case, but you have, you have some guys that are just you know massive that you know might be. 125 130 150 kilos in size you know just just yeah. big big men that uh that are that are playing so you mentioned that you also have uh a couple of other um games that 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 oh. stick in your memory yeah, before i do i just wanted to show you okay a go ahead yeah of, of, of royce hart um holding the premiership cup the following week outstanding outstanding yeah that's uh now that was at the mcg as well then right that they were playing that then. yeah yeah okay yeah. now did, did you get to that game? Me. sorry did you get to that game because it's bigger oh no i've only ever been to two grand finals uh the 72 which we lost uh-huh that was an amazing game we scored 150 points and the opposition kicked 177 Wow. In any other in any other game, you know, 150 points would secure you. A, yeah, enormous win. If you yeah, if you were to say to somebody, "Okay, your your club's going to score 150 points today," you're feeling pretty <laughs> good about your chances of winning yeah. that contest. Yeah. And it's wow, that's uh, yeah. I, I've not looked at the 72 grand final. I need to go back and look at that. That's a, that's a tremendous score. That's a, that's yeah. a tremendously huge score there. So you've been you've been a, a supporter since you moved, um, basically since you got exposed to the game, and it's 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 a game that you. Nineteen seventy one. I started following Richmond. Okay. About ten years old. Yeah. And that's yeah. That's uh. Now, did your father stay a supporter as well? Yeah. Yeah. We okay. used to go every week. That and that's. And you, you know, you lived close enough that it was, you know, you just hop on the, the train or the bus or whatever. Maybe you were even close enough uh, to walk. We lived out in the eastern suburbs. Uh, we used to just drive in and uh, park. Okay. At the ground in the car park. Okay. I, I've actually lived in Richmond for the last thirty years. When you when you go to to a game, and I know you wanted to mention a couple of others, but when you go to a game in the present day, what is your What's your game day experience like? What what are you what are you doing while you're at the game? You know, where where do you typically sit? Uh, you know, how how involved okay. are you? That type of thing. Yeah, do you know about the cheer squads? I do. Okay, so they're the the real diehards. Mm -hmm. um, they the Richmond cheer squad tends tends to uh, assemble at the punt road end. Mm-hmm. Which which you makes um, sense. Certainly makes sense they're gonna start out at that end, yeah. Yeah, uh unless it's an away game, uh in which case we go to the Ponsford end, the opposite end. Um but uh definitely home games Richmond meet at the punt road end. So basically you've got a kind of a rule, uh, rule with cheer squads that you have to wear the colours, right, right. The day a lot of them carry flags with um, and banners with uh, messages and stuff mm -hmm. on them. I've never really made one myself, but I, I definitely wear the colours, and uh, we've got a lot of um, chants and whatever. So, how good are the pies at the game? And I don't mean the magpies. No. Um, <laughs> the food's revolting. Okay. It's overpriced. It's overpriced. It's um. I I never really buy food at the game. <clears throat> I okay. take I take a sandwich in. Um, that that's that's something that I don't think that happens too much here. I don't think they allow that to happen too much here anymore. They've been pretty restrictive at yeah i think the, the time will probably come and they'll stop you doing that yeah knowing but thankfully it's not here yet because um, i know because i know i've heard from plenty of people who talk about 
running out of the grounds during the course of the game out to the trucks that are selling the the, the jelly donuts outside of the stadium. Yeah. A lot of people go out there to smoke as well because the smoking's yeah. banned from the ground, which I'm also happy about because I hate smoking. And um, I think when you're shouting and barracking for your team and then I remember the old days when they did used to smoke at the grounds that would really get into your throat, you know, when um, you're already quite hoarse from screaming for your team. So Right, right, right. So, so that's what they do now. They all at halftime, all the smokers, they all rush out to the front of the ground and and they, and they if, look if you and go they out to the vans, in. you've got to run the gauntlet of this great haze of smoke, you know. And they and they let people back into the stadium. That that is that's interesting. Yeah. That's not, I don't think I don't think that happens at stadiums here in the U.S. I think if you leave, you're gone. Yeah, you just get a pass out. Basically. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's nice that they, I guess it's nice that they do that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I have not looked up any of the other ones, but what you, you said you wanted to mention another game or two while we were chatting here. So what other, what other games oh. are ones that you, uh, that, that you wanted to mention that there are ones that stick in your mind? Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> the obvious one was the 2017 grand final. Um, Absolutely. Did you watch that? You would have I did. That. I did. Yes. Mm. Yep. I I went to that. Uh, just a bit of context here. So, Richmond were a very successful team uh, in the 60s before I kind of – they won premierships in 67, 69. Mm-hmm. And they went back-to-back in 73-4. I saw those. Then they had a huge win against Collingwood in 1980. Um, and then there was a bit of a lull. Yeah, we played in the 1982 grand final and lost to Carlton. That game was unique in that there was a female streaker on the ground um, huh. by the name of Helen D'Amico, who was a Carlton fan, and she, she, she wore nothing except a Carlton scarf and ran up to one of the Carlton players and uh, tried to kind of, I don't know, throw her arms around him or something and then got marched off the ground that and we anyway we lost that grand final and then we basically um went into oblivion for 35 years mm-hmm. <laughs> uh there was a big thing that happened um collingwood poached a couple of our disgruntled players after that 82 final. Okay. And we kind of did a sort of a payback thing where we poached some of their players and we were doing this tit-for-tat kind of thing. And it ended up kind of bankrupting both clubs. Huh. Which contributed to Richmond being down for so, so long. Right, right. And and it got to the point, I don't know if you know this either, in 1990, uh, Richmond were going to be, were, had, were in debt and were going to be either uh, dissolved or relocated to another state. Okay. And they had this uh, big rally called Save Our Skins and uh, basically fans just went out and tin rattled and... Uh, we raised enough uh, money to pay off our debt, but it got very close to the club uh, being relocated to another state. It um, sounds. It sounds the, a little bit like the actual auditors came to the club and were going to like pick up our Premiership Cup trophies and march them out of the club as a sort of a, to pay off our debts. That's how wow. serious it got. It sounds. It sounds a little bit like what happened with uh, Fitzroy. When they were in yeah. dire straits yep. financially too, and and yep. and I guess I'd have to go back and 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 research a little bit with Footscray in terms of why they ended up merging with the the Bears, but I'm not sure. If, uh, I, I don't know if that was financial as well. No, no. Um, what happened was the first club that uh, this happened to was South Melbourne. Mm-hmm. They didn't have enough memberships to 
uh, I guess, continue. So they got relocated to Sydney because right. the AFL were always trying to crack the Sydney market because Sydney's not a football town. It's a rugby town. Mm -hmm. Sydney, every town in Australia plays AFL except at, at the time, um, Queensland and Sydney. Well, mm -hmm. shows Brisbane and New South Wales. <laughs> I'm getting my cities and states mixed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Yep. I know okay. what you mean. So, um, so they were very keen to get a, a presence in, in Sydney. So they relocated South Melbourne up there. And then the same thing basically happened to Fitzroy. They, they were struggling and uh, they sent them up to Brisbane and they were originally called the Brisbane Bears. Right. Um, and then they changed them to the, their name to the Brisbane Lions so that they could at least keep some of their old heritage. Yeah, that, that makes historical, sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And I'm just going to pull up on my screen here uh, real quickly. I don't know if you'll be able to make this out on the camera or not, but uh, I had somebody send that to me. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, you know, it's uh, my the yep. desk in my classroom is covered with, uh, and I actually have a few more on there now than, than that, but my it's covered with uh, footy stickers on the front of my desk in my classroom. So right. of all <laughs> sorts of different clubs and that type of thing. So yep. I thought the Brisbane Bears originally had a very nice jumper design. It was sort of um, yellow and well, not quite brown. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, did you mention? Yeah, I know you mentioned 2017, and of course that was you know that was oh, the, right. the yes, that was so, kind of the the game that 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 got Richmond back on track. And and you know you have yeah. to you have to kind of. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let me let's go back to 2010, because you know when Brennan Gale takes over, as, you know, heading up the club and basically says, you know within the next uh, 10 years, we're going to win three premierships. What's going as, and as a 75,000 members yeah. and be free of debt. All right. What's and going through, what's going through, what's going through your mind when he says that? Yeah. Well, he was on, uh, he said that on television and I remember the hosts at the time were kind of smirking and raising their eyebrows because it just seemed so fanciful. I mean, yeah. Richmond had become a laughing stock that we, for many years, we uh, finished either in the bottom, in the bottom four, mm -hmm. or ninth. There was this kind of a joke going around, ninthman, they used to call us, because we'd always just miss out on the finals. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think, you know, that you have, the, the, uh, the AFL over the last 20 years have had some significant dynasty, and I guess I'd have to go back and look at the actual years, and it might be twenty-five years. You know, in terms of some some dynasties, if you will. You know, if you look at the the Lions, you know, three premierships, the Hawks, yeah. the Cats, the Tigers. Um, you know, they've there've been some there've been some great clubs that have put together some great clusters of years. Yeah. Brisbane went two thousand and one, two, three. Uh, Hawthorne did a three peat. Uh, 13, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, because the cats were 7, 9, and 11. 7, 9, and 11, yeah. yep. And it, you know, then you got, you got, and they, they'd had a long, long drought themselves. Um, mm -hmm. They played in a lot of finals, but, but could never uh, get over the, win the big one. Yeah, yeah, 89. You probably know about the 89. I have I've watched it a couple of times as a matter of fact. That's that was a that was a fantastic game. Long Hawthorne, yeah. Yeah, that was Did you say you've seen Gary Ablett? You'd like Gary Ablett. I Senior. have, yes. Mm. Yes, I have I have uh, seen you know just an absolutely terrific. What are your thoughts on how and uh, you know while I have you here just you know look at uh the Tigers going into 2023. You know, it's uh you know, the Tigers are a, a I, I think a team that uh, a club that a lot of people in the present in the present state of the club, a lot of people are for that, that are supporters of other clubs kind of take a little bit of a sigh of relief 
when the Tigers get knocked out of the finals because they're like <clears throat> that team can be you know when the, when the, when they're playing the way they're capable of playing and everybody's healthy they can beat anybody and it's just you know so there's a lot of clubs that are like okay they've been bounced out we don't have to worry about them uh you know so it's uh what do you what are your thoughts for 2023 right now and i know the draft hasn't happened yet but what are you looking forward to um the draft uh, has happened actually uh, oh no it hasn't no sorry no, we've we done, yep. done a lot of pre-draft deals yeah we don't really have a strong heart hand in the draft this year uh but but we traded for two very experienced players we traded away a lot of our picks for two very mm -hmm. experienced players from gws yes. uh called um tim hopper Taranto and hopper and, and jacob hopper yeah, yeah. and uh, i'm so excited about next year i i think we a lot of people think, you know, that Richmond's in decline because we've got a lot of players near the end, and we have, but we've got some really exciting players coming through as well. Well, look over my shoulder here. You're going to see a lot of blue and white. Yeah. And uh, you'll notice, you know, and if, as you know, they were, they were told, and, and I did not tip, I did not tip the Cats to win this year. I think I, I think when I tipped the season, I had the sixth on the ladder. I was not, you know, I, they proved me wrong, but they proved a lot of people wrong, you know, who had the, you know, too old, too slow, that sort of thing. And, and they, they mm. kind of embraced that at the end. And, you know, they, they completely revamped the way that they play the game. So I, I would not put it past Richmond to be back top four next year at all. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past them. If, if Dusty's healthy, you know, Tom Lynch, you know, gets a, a full season and he's healthy, you know, Toronto and Hopper, you know, uh, fold into that midfield and do what they're capable of doing. And, you know, they do what in, in Richmond, what they did at GWS. I think that could still, you know, and, you know, you've still got, you know, young Mr. Bolton there who was, you know, was the highlight machine of my fantasy team this year. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's no reason why that team can't be back in the top four again this year. And it's scary, yeah. scary to say that, quite frankly. <laughs> so, have we got a bit of time? We sure we do. Yeah. Okay. I just want to give you a little bit of an overview of um, how how this all started with the VFL. Is I'll try to make it brief. It's very this suburban thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I live in Richmond. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the geography of it all, but Richmond is basically on the, it's one suburb away from the uh, Melbourne CBD. Right. Right. So we're, I'm, I'm like a 20, from my house here, I'm like a 20 minute walk to the MCG. Okay. And then, yeah. So then next, I live in the north end of Richmond and the, the boundary that separates us from Collingwood is a, just one road, Victoria Street. Mm -hmm. Victoria Street is a kind of like a, a Vietnamese area. There's lots of uh, Vietnamese restaurants and uh, um, and then on the other side of Victoria Street, that's the boundary. It goes into a suburb called Abbotsford, which is basically the Collingwood stronghold. So if you walk through the streets of Abbotsford, you come to the old Collingwood ground, Victoria Park. Okay. Uh, they, they don't use that as their base of operations anymore. They've shifted. But anyway, and then uh, further north is Carlton. And then further north to that, these are all in a, in a very tight sort of. Right, right. Radius. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess the, the thing about Richmond, when we, we were down for so such a long time, I used to, um, I used to wonder what will, what will Richmond, the suburb be like if we ever, you know, get into a, a grand final again, mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd just love to see that day come, you know? And uh, 
when it happened, uh, just the, the excitement, the local businesses, they were all putting the colours up in the window. The town hall actually uh, put great big photos on the, on the pillars out the front of the town hall of the players, and they did like a light show. Okay. Uh, and people would sort of, sort of gather in, in Bridge Road at night and watch this sort of light show where they projected um, tiger eyes and uh, and uh, stills of games and stuff across the town hall. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's one of the things that that really drew me to to footy was just the and and I, I've used the term love affair between the clubs and their supporters because yeah. I, I because I think yeah and and they. They really lost out on that, and in a way, Richmond lost out on that a little bit during COVID. They missed out on that a little bit with you know, grand finals being played elsewhere. You know, same with yeah. you know, same with with Melbourne last year. Well, let, let me tell you about our three grand finals. In seventeen, I went to the game, so I was in a crowd of hundred thousand people. Nineteen, I couldn't get a ticket to the game. But I went to Richmond's home ground to watch it on their oval, Punt Road Oval, mm -hmm. which is just... Right next door, isn't it? Right next door to the MCR. Yeah. Are you aware of that? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I was in, a, once again, in another crowd of about oh, 30,000 people uh, watching it all on the big screen. And then, you know, when the siren went, we were all kind of celebrating together. And then <laughs> in 2020... With COVID, when we, uh, I hate to bring this up, when we played Geelong, um, we, we weren't allowed to have a single person at our house. Right, right. It, it, we had this, we have this premier. He's like, I guess, what, the equivalent of a governor in, in America. Who, uh, I don't know if you're aware, Daniel Andrews. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I, 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 I know there were some significant lockdowns. Yeah, I, I yeah, and I know well, a lot of yeah. He I actually locked us down more than any city in the world. So that's he. He just went completely authoritarian, nuts, and like was if people protested. Oh man, he sent the riot squad on them. They were cracking heads. This was happening. I, I, I have There's seen. I have footage. seen footage. I have seen video yeah. of it. It's. It's. A lot I, of I, it was just a couple of hundred yards from my house. You know, yeah. there's a there's a bit that's gone to the world media near some cliffs where they sprayed this old woman who was like seventy years old, right in the face. Uh, that was just a couple of hundred yards from my house. Um, I anyway look. I, I don't want to go on that. No, I. Yeah, and and I don't. I yeah. We just had we just had uh, election day here a couple of days ago. Yeah, and I don't. I, I generally don't do a whole lot of politics. I, and I am I'm a government teacher in high school. So, but I uh, I try. I don't do a whole lot of the, the politics stuff on here because I don't. I don't want to always. Yeah. I don't want to alienate. No, I was just trying to highlight the the difference oh, yeah. as, a, as, oh, it was a, rough. as an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I, I mean I, I couldn't have a single friend over. So I sat and watched the game on television by mm -hmm. myself. And then just rang people up. Oh, did you like the game? Yeah. I just thought as a contrast, I've gone from like hundred watching it with a hundred thousand people to thirty thousand people to one person. Right, <laughs> in right. The space yeah. of three years. Yeah. It's mm. it it is a uh but I'm I'm glad there's a bit of normalcy that has returned. Um mm. and you know that it was it was great to see the stadiums filled as much as they were this year and i know they're you know that we would love to get bigger crowds at games and i know you know that uh you know that you know geelong is going to have you know forty thousand plus seats coming up here very soon at uh at, at cardinia park um you know so it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be great to just you know get footy back again and you know and of course and this is not to discount the women's game because i you know i enjoy watching the women's game as well um and it's you know that 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 brand of football has improved year on year. 
um, since the league began because it's, you know, because you, you know, you had, you know, you had players who had not been given the opportunity to play the game at a high level for a number of years that maybe played it when they were, you know, in their early teens that are having to go back and, you know, acclimatize themselves to this game that they grew up loving. And it's, you know, it's taken a little bit of time for them to, to get back at it. But, you know, there's some, there's some phenomenal footy players playing in the AFLW. And it's, and last year, I watched every AFLW game. I, I watched every one of them. Now this, you know, and they, and they, they changed the, uh, with the season having shifted, it's right in the middle of when I do all of my announcing for, for soccer and football here at the school where I teach at. So I've not been able to watch as many games. I've watched maybe 30% of the games this year, but it gives me something to do in the off season. Cause I can go back on the, the watch AFL app and, and turn on any game I want to watch going back to 2017. And yeah, I'll sit down and watch that one. Yeah, so when you know the yeah, Cat signed on Tyson Stengel I was able to go back and watch a couple of games that he played with Adelaide to see what uh you know what kind of a Tyson player he was. Stengel came that. from Richmond originally. Yes, he did, yeah. He did. Mm. He'd love to have him back. Think about him and Shy Bolton playing together. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had um I guess a number a couple of Aboriginal players that were um kind of getting into trouble. There was Tyson Stengel and um Sydney Stack. I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but Sydney Stack kind of—he got of delisted this year, didn't he? Yeah, because yeah. he broke some COVID protocols uh, when we were uh, uh, at at the hubs mm -hmm. in the lead up to the 2020 Grand Final. He went out uh, with another Richmond player called Callum Coleman Jones, who's since been delisted, and. Uh, they kind of broke their lockdown rules and went went out and uh, went to a subway or something in the uh, subway, not station, subway. Right, right, restaurant. the restaurant, yes, yeah. In the uh, after midnight or something. And then they got into a fight with a couple of people on the street. And yeah, so we got into a lot of trouble over that. And we just, I can't remember what Tyson Stengel's uh, issues were, but. I guess we just figured, oh, both of these players are giving us a lot of grief and we kind of have to cut one loose and we cut the wrong one loose. Well, yeah, and I, I'm I'm glad that he's got his life on track. And, and again, I, I, I hope that, you know, that everybody's able to, you know, to to go and, and just live their life, uh, you know, where they're they're happy and healthy, you know, wherever that may be, you know, if he's playing with the cats, if he's playing with Adelaide or, or wherever he happens to be, you just want to see people be happy. And it's just, you know, it's, it's been nice to see him have some success. So, um, so I, I do want to thank you. Thank you for, you know, before we wrap up here, so are, are you, are you as, uh, excited? Yeah. You kind of alluded to the fact you're excited about 2023, but, uh, do you, th do you think your, your, your mob is a, is a top four side again this year? Do, do I think we're a top four side again? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do. Um, okay. I, I think I might agree with you. Uh, it's, it's, and I, and I, I, yeah, I just, you know, without the draft having taken place right now, I think that, I think there are probably are a dozen teams that you could argue are going to be in the top eight. You know, it's going to, you know. Well, I hate to say, I think Collingwood will probably be in contention. <laughs> uh, we always like it when Collingwood fail. That's something right across the whole competition. Everyone hates Collingwood. <laughs> well, I, I know. I, I have been told that you know. I've been told that I, you know, as a cat supporter, I'm not supposed to like Hawthorne. That's what I. It's, I keep getting told that. But I, but I, you know, I came to the game so late in life that I don't have it in my DNA to hate other clubs. I, I mean, I, I can, actually admire Hawthorne. Okay, I do. I. I They've, they've just been everything that they've done. They've done since basically. I mean, we've got premierships going back to the forties, mm -hmm. but everything that Hawthorne's done has been done basically since nineteen sixty-one. So they were great through the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. They 
they're just a phenomenal club. Very consistent you know, club, yes. To, when we were struggling, I used to look across at them and think, God, I wish I picked all of them. <laughs> yeah, because once once you have uh, once you you've donned the the, the sash, you you have you have to stick with it. <laughs> you know oh it's... yeah, it, it it gets into your blood for sure. Yeah, well, and that, and that's you know, and I've I've asked people about this you know in the past you know because you know as somebody who's trying to promote the game here in the U.S. I mean I I you know I have you know my I have a number of you know cats items in my classroom. In fact, I just have a I have a package coming from the the cats team shop that like as I told you at the outset is in the is in the post right now that I spent way too much money at the cats uh, uh, team shop. Uh, after they won the premiership, uh, my wife do, was. Do the kids ask you about it? Do, they, they do. Curious? They do. Yeah, they they do. And I'll you know, and you know, in the mornings when I get to school, I'll I'll usually have you know when the season's going on, I'll have a game on, on the television in my classroom, and sometimes kids will come in before school to watch a little bit of it. You know, the the kids who play gridiron are always interested in seeing, the differences in the game, and you know, and I show them you know the the the, the tackling and that sort of thing and the the speckies and such they're 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 fascinated by that mm. um you know i've the the principal that the gentleman who is the head of my high school where i teach uh i turned him into a footy fan he's an essendon supporter so yeah. what are you gonna do uh <laughs> but um you know it's uh i i've had a few other people that have watched but it's it's usually me i mean i haven't I've not had anybody come to my house to watch a game with me before. You know, like I said, my wife doesn't care to watch the games. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't, you know, I, and I try to, you know, I'll watch the Cats games live, you know, whenever they're played. So if they're playing at, you know, three o'clock in the morning at my time, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning to watch them play live. So, yeah. you know, because, you know, the. Uh, Why don't you just record them? <laughs> oh, no, I, I have, I can record all of them. I can, I get them on the. The, you know, with my international membership, I, we get what's called the Watch AFL app, which gives us, you know, all of the games live or on demand and all of the, the TV programming from Fox footy. But, you know, I like to watch them. I like to watch the cats live. I don't, I won't always watch all of the other games live because usually the afternoon games, uh, that's a one o'clock in the afternoon game will be coming on here at, uh, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, but you know, like you know, the cats might play a five thirty-five in the morning game, which is a seven thirty-five in the evening, the next night. You know, at at GMBHA or at uh, at Marvel or wherever they happen to be playing. But I yeah, you know, I like mm. to watch them live. You know, and it's because uh, I'll be online chatting with you know other cat supporters during the course of the game, and and I spend so much time on on social media with the podcast that I, if I'm watching, I have to, I have to. Uh, if I'm watching it on delay, I have to stay off social media so I don't know who won. So that's always a problem. So um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say about the 2017 grand final. Um, do you remember that the Killers were the um, halftime entertainment? Um, I know, I know, I'm familiar with the band. Yes, yeah, yeah, from Nevada, I think they are. Okay, yeah, I know that Jack Rewalt sang with them afterwards. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that that was the amazing thing. So I, after the game, we we sort of hung around a bit. There was a whole entourage of us, and then we we went back and watched the Killers do the set after dark, and Jack get up on stage with them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, then we walked back through the streets of Richmond, <laughs> and we said, "Oh, let's go and have a quiet beer somewhere <laughs> to celebrate." And I'm not kidding. So you're walking underneath the Richmond train station and the crowd was so thick, you, you're virtually walking on your tiptoes. Couldn't get into a bar anywhere because the lines were just out the door. There just thousands of people. And they, and they were just singing the song over and over. And we, we ended up walking halfway across Richmond before we could get into a pub somewhere just to have a drink it, it was just amazing i always like i always wondered what would happen if we ever broke that drought and and you and you uh, hope to have that problem every year yeah that that's a, that's a nice problem to have it is isn't it, it you, is, you, yeah you sort of say i just i said to my dad 
about 2013, uh, we kept making the finals and getting bumped out in the first week. And I said to my dad, you know, I don't think I'll ever see another Richmond premiership in my life. And he said, oh, I won't, but you will. And uh, he was right, unfortunately, because he passed oh. away in 2015, oh, just sorry. before the start of the season. And, um, yeah, uh, I was just thinking, gee, if he could have just hung on for a couple more years, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he, but he raised, he helped to raise you into as somebody who is an avid supporter of the club, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great to hear these stories. Now, I have the last thing I want to ask you before we uh, <clears throat> before we wrap up here. Do you watch the track and field events at the Olympics and at the Commonwealth Games? No. I'm... Okay. Okay. I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's just harking back to the discus thing. That's why. No, that's why I was asking. Yes. <laughs> no, um, I've only really got an interest in two sports to watch, and that's football and cricket. Okay. Um, soccer to play, and that's it. I, I'm, I have no interest in any other sport. Yeah, I thought uh, about. I thought about trying to start follow following cricket, but it's uh, you know, I, I, I don't have an avenue to watch it right now. Um, it's know, an it's, acquired uh, taste. Yeah. Yep. I, you know, I've heard, you know, there's differences between like the longer things and then the big bash and that sort of thing, but that's, that's a discussion for another day, most definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank uh, Peter Haywood for getting up early this morning and, uh, and I want to thank his wife for helping get us connected on here as well. So we were able to, to sit down and see each other face to face on this zoom call. Peter, I, I appreciate you, uh, uh, telling the story about you know the games that stick with you and that the 2017 one of course made a lot of sense because it was that first one in a long time but loved hearing the story about uh you know well the unfortunate story if you will uh, uh. of the uh the collingwood game that you had back in 73 and uh find out what happened to luann maybe you can get some cookies from her or something um. take him to the take him to the game lucien lucien i'm sorry i wrote it yes i I can't read my Lucy own handwriting. Can't, re can't read my own handwriting there. I'll remember forever. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks so very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. You bet. All right, Peter. Thanks so very much for uh, getting up early uh, to sit down and chat. I do greatly appreciate it. Uh, this was a, a, a wonderful uh, introduction to the most memorable game series. Uh, it, I just... I. I'm amazed that uh, that you, well, quite frankly, survived what you went through because it could have been much, much uh, more tragic than it ultimately became. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened and you have a memorable game, uh, hopefully it does not involve uh, adapting the rules to track and field in order to get on the podcast. Sorry, Peter, I couldn't resist, man. Uh, but uh, if you have a story about your most memorable game, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. Shoot me an email at yankonthefooty.gmail.com. I would love to sit, sit down and chat with you about that most memorable game and share your experiences with uh, my listeners. Now, folks, remember that you can find everything about the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll subscribe to the mailing list, that you'll get on there and you'll leave a review if you enjoy the show. I've had some really good reviews here. If you want to help out the show and uh, help keep it afloat, uh, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee button over there. You can leave me a voicemail as well. And if you've got an idea for a guest for, a pod, for the podcast that's maybe not in line with the uh, most memorable episode or most memorable game uh, format that I'm doing right now, please share their name with me because I would love to get in touch with them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please look out for one another. You know, we're approaching the holiday season uh, here in the United States, we have Thanksgiving coming up next week, so uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for my wife and I and uh, our kids to get together coming from multiple directions, uh, along with some other family members that we don't get the chance to see nearly often enough, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, it's going to involve a little bit of a drive, but uh, that's okay because it's going to give... Uh, Give us a chance to have a nice long chat on the uh, the, the ride there. 
and get to take the, the dogs for a nice road trip there. So look out for each other. Check up on your friends. Tell them you love them. Make sure that they know whether you've been naughty or nice so they can put you on that correct list here with the uh, holiday season coming up. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so very much for your kind words. I do appreciate hearing from you. It really does help. I know it's been a couple of weeks since uh, we've had an episode that has come out, and uh, I apologize for that. We're winding down. In a couple of days, I have my final game that I'm announcing for the uh, 2022 season. And uh, while I love announcing uh, sporting events, I'm looking forward to that being done so I can re-devote my evenings to what I'm doing with this podcast, this labor of love that I'm doing here. And as I said, thanks for the kind words. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never, ever hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 213 of A Yank on the Footy, my chat with Peter Haywood. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Just look out for A Yank on the Footy or find my name on Facebook, Craig Wessels, and uh, give me a follow there. I love connecting with uh, footy fans from all over the world. Again, thanks for listening, and please, please share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, everyone, goodbye.